this week on the Open Nesters podcast with Tommy Nora. And that in in a process of moving more and more and more, starting with myself, finding that I'm not alone, expressing, releasing, crying, sobbing, not sleeping at night, feeling for the first time some kind of, uh, I don't know, fear or that was very deep. And uh, I and the art and doing and meeting with the regular life of raising my kids and, and working with my work to support myself. I did the art and that really helped me a lot. Welcome to the Open Esther's podcast. How will you write Act Three of your life? Will you be open? Will you welcome the possibilities? Are you going toward your most vibrant, authentic stage of life? Are you curious to discover what's ahead? Are you in a fork in the road and wondering which path to follow? Would you like to hear from others who are already writing Act 3? Hey everyone, I'm Tessa. And I'm Amir. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester? Living on the edge of your curiosity, on the fringe of your imagination, reinvention, and sexuality. Together, we'll take a journey and explore how rich this stage of life can be when we approach it with an open mind and an open heart. Well, Tessa, the circumstances that led us to meet Tommy Nora are incredible way how the universe converse and introduce you to the right people at the right time. Tessa, you and me met uh, Tommy Nora's son, Ariel, at a jazz club in Manhattan. Remember that? Smalls, yeah, that was a fun night. Yeah, and uh, here we are. Uh, uh, he told us, uh, we heard us actually talk about the podcast, and he says, you got to meet my mother. She's so spiritual and beautiful it's such a such a special thing and that she's connected to music and he's a musician and and i'm getting more and more connected to the kind of spiritual teachings sensual teachings mindfulness and she and i really connected and are going to be doing some things together in israel so this has been quite a journey such a yeah. pleasure to, to have interviewed this wonderful woman amazing and we got it and she's spiritual and definitely definitely worth a listen so here she is tommy nora Welcome, Tommy Nora, to the Open Nesters podcast. How are you? Mashlomech in Hebrew is, how is your peace from the word shalom? So how are you today? You're not feeling great, but you're, you're, you're with us. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. And I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Tessa, for inviting me. Well, this is the second time we're doing the podcast interview. And in the meantime, I feel like we've grown closer through our hearts, just having found you through your son in New York City, who we met at a jazz club. And then he introduced us and said to Amir and I, you've got to meet my mom. So this, this is where we are to talk to Tami Nora in Tel Aviv. And she has a brand new website, even though she had a beautiful website called The Spiral of Creation. And she's done some incredible work in in the in the area of soulfulness spirituality and growth and is a you know artist musician and uh, and theater and done theater and now she's re- she's with us with a new website tamminora.com t a m i n o r a 
com. And so we're going to ask you, where, what, what are the things that are the milestones, Tommy, that brought you to where you are today? Obviously, with adult kids, one in New York, one in, I think, in Israel. And catch us up to where you are and what brought you to where you are today. Yes, I would love to. I think uh, my love for life, my curiosity, my passion, uh, wanting to know a lot. Uh, my brother, who took me to travel around the world, and uh, I got even more curious. And many questions that I've asked, and nobody could have answered me back then when I was a child, uh, questions about life. Why this happened? How come that happened? Uh, and I didn't understand the system. And I was very, very curious to know because I wanted to live a good life. That's what led me, really not to suffer, uh, to know how to create, and then I'll take responsibility and I'll do whatever I need to do. And that got me to age 20-some in New York. I started to study the Seth material with my husband back then, Joe. Seth, I think that is right. S-E-T-H, yes, Jane Roberts and Robert Butts, and many more teachers who taught us how to heal ourselves and courses. And I changed. And I saw the universe show me, showed me the, the whole system at one ordinary moment while I was waiting on tables in New York. And uh, it was a change in my life. But then I had to learn everything. All that I've seen, I had to experience it in real life. But I knew, I, I knew it. It was not knowing in my mind. It was a split second of seeing everything, the whole planet, like from eyes, bird's view or from outside of the planet. And I could see that everything is good. Everything fits snugly. And many years, and I still am learning the life and experiencing what I've seen. And I've changed. And as I changed, people wanted me to tell them what happened to me. And can I teach them? And then I found myself from studying acting in New York and music and dancing and piano and everything. I found myself starting to become a spiritual teacher. And ever since, uh, wherever I lived in Portugal, Paris, London, Philippines, I taught and we traveled. And until today, I work one-on-one, work with groups. And along the way, I developed the spiral of creation. It's a method. It's really a triangle. In the beginning, we can think of it as a triangle. When What we do all our lives is we create all day long everything, cup of coffee, marriage, building, whatever. We want something. We take actions. And then sometimes we have obstacle. That's the triangle. If we don't have obstacle, all is fine as well. And then we can create our lives if it's peace or comfort or healing, whatever. But many times we have obstacles. Sometimes we have the obstacles and then we create, we want to create something else. So we go in the triangle in the other um, counter clock to solve our problems. But this is the simple explanation, the way I see it. We want something, we go to get it. And we have an obstacle. Then we have to solve the obstacle to get what we want. Well, is it always always about fixing? I mean, with this world, you know, you said things fit really snugly, but I I find that because things are so messy and that is the obstacle piece of everything, 
and then the world, you know, contains so much mess. You live in the center of Tel Aviv, which has so there's so much conflict that people that people feel comes from Israel, and yet there's conflict all over the world in such a on such every level, every level, physical, spiritual, health wise. We're dealing with so much of a mess in the world that how do you find comfort in that and being able to grow in for yourself and focus? I mean, continuing to just that's what I wanted to ask you. So how do you see that that mess? Is that the obstacle? And and then how do you settle yourself back into your own your own growth and being able to transform others as well? Uh, first of all, we have our own obstacles, which is the worst obstacle, which is our negative thoughts that we believe them. They, this is the basic thing we need to understand. And if we solve that, and we cannot just push away the negative thoughts. We need to look at them, bring them closer to us, investigate them, question it if it's even true. If I say to myself, I'm not good enough, then I right away would ask myself, is it true? I am not going to be able to do this. Is it true? That's a beginning of um, as much as we can do in an interview now. I go lengthily about it in my, in my book, and the book also has two videos. This is one of the videos of the exercises. Like uh, you can, uh, it's a, you can open it in the, with a telephone in the book, and then you can see the exercise because it is so important. This is the biggest obstacle because if I want something and I have an expectation and suddenly it rains and I cannot do it, rain is my obstacle, but it's my expectation is the obstacle. If I understand that I live with life. That's why I call my book Dancing with Life, because we always have a partner in our life. Sometimes it's the rain, sometimes it's my thoughts, sometimes it's uh, the pain, sometimes it's the economical situation, whatever it is. The obstacle doesn't mean it's something bad. We can use it as a jumping board to, to grow and to see other options. We want something. I used to be like this. I wanted something. I just go and I just want to get it and I don't care. And I suffered and I had to find other ways. And then when I didn't stay just put and being so specific on what I wanted, my mind was open and I said, I cannot do it. I just accepted it. It's not because I'm spiritual. I accept it because it's reality. I have to accept reality, not just what I want. And so then that's a surrender. There's a surrender that so that is that is a spiritual component of this, and so that's huge. That's it's, huge it, it's, it could be the word many times. I think a surrender uh, for me, but it's also not my first language. So, it's, so if I, I look at surrender, is almost like uh, I just it's not let giving it up. Go, but it comes from yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not the giving up. It's about understanding that I'm not alone in this universe and not every red hot minute, whatever I want is coming to me. I need to respect the animals, the nature, the people, the situation, the other people's growth. And not to say that I'm in the center and whatever I want is going to happen now or God doesn't love me. And that is suffering. So the obstacles are happening outside. I agree with you. But also many good things are happening outside. Are we willing to look at them? Now we need to accept another thing that is given that we live in a world of duality. So, of course, sometimes we have good day, bad day. Sometimes we meet a nice person, sometimes not very nice, but it's okay. This is life. My responsibility is me to be as good as I am to me. First of all, my relationship with myself, 
then if I am pleasant with myself, I'm able to be pleasant in whatever situation. If I'm not pleasant, it's none of my business to help another person because what I feel is the most important thing. It's not what knowledge I give. Because if I am comfortable, I communicate to you that you are in front of me and to the listeners or to my clients, the pleasantness that I accept life, I see life, I respect life, I take responsibility on my body, on my mind, on my emotions, just to be pleasant. We don't need to climb the Everest every time. It's good enough. And then we can start to look at the whole world and include the whole world. I love love this. I love this. The idea of the simple act of kindness and being pleasant to ourselves. So simple. It sounds so simple. And it's the seed of love. It's the seed of all of the love, right? I love this word, Tessa. I love kindness is the one of the the words that really changed my life. And I love this word. We don't have a, a good word enough in Hebrew. We have to say many words. But kindness to ourselves, accepting that we live in the world of duality and to know that we are not just a physical life, that there is a turmoil outside and there is COVID-19 and there is a rain and there is no money. We are not just that. We have the spiritual life, the soul, the higher self, the inner self, which created our physical life. It is the root and we don't go there. And this is my biggest message. If I want to teach, if somebody tells me teach one thing, I will teach one thing is to connect. First, to connect to our higher self, to our hearts, inner self, whatever, very simple exercises. And then to connect to the rest of the world. And then we have the whole world with us. We are so afraid to give ourselves. We are so afraid to love and to live with passion because we think we are going to lose But no, in the inner world, in the higher self world, in the spirit world, it doesn't work like the same laws of the physical world. Because the more we give, the more we duplicate, because whatever we concentrate upon is what we create. Meaning if I concentrate on giving, the giving, the relationship that I have with life in giving just grows because it's a law. It's the law of like attracts like. But that's what I teach. It's so important to know this. And I really Beautiful, teach simple things. five exactly. laws exactly. that are so simple. And then, my God, we can live such a better life. And I live, like you said, in the center of Tel Aviv, in Israel, all the mess and everything. And of course, I have days that I feel like this and that, but I have tools to come back to myself. And I say, what exercise do I want to do? Do I want to take a break? Do I want to connect to my heart? Do I want to investigate my thoughts? Do I want to call a friend? Do I need help today? Which is... And do I need to move my body and move some of my energy? In oh, way? that's... Right. Definitely. Definitely. So, so all of these things are so 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 simple and so powerful. And I love the teaching of, of the spiritual essence. And that, and that that's what projects in the world. We see and we create more of what we put our attention into. And yeah. so much create... That energy comes from more attention. And energy is such a beautiful thing to talk about. And yet, I really like to get a little down to the real story of the human being of you. And so you have a ra- you raised two children. And how do you think your work impacted the kids as they got older and then were leaving what we call the nest? Uh, how do you think that that work and your transformation impacted them those years? My son, uh, Ariel, the one you met in New York, uh, who lives in Israel, and uh, he yesterday started to teach a class of the Michael Handbook, 
which is a spiritual book, connecting it with the acting to find the roles that the Michael Handbook talks about and uh, connect it to the, the roles of the actors. And, uh, and my daughter, who is uh, now a psychotherapist, she, she uses whatever she learned. Of course, she, it's in her sixth year of studying, so she studied a lot in schooling. But uh, the spiritual work, and Joe also, their father is very spiritual, so it affected them very much. They understand more. They know how to solve things. And it's nicer to see the managing in life better, which makes me freer to do what I want to do because it requires a lot of time and work and planning and creating and recreating. So uh, I am. Uh, it affected them and they are doing good. Wonderful. And your relationships with them are strong because... And yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that was that ever hard? Were there times that they had to, that they pushed back and they didn't want you to kind of intervene, inter- like oh, be in their yeah. lives and how, cause it's good to know for people to be able to know they can get through that too. Oh yeah, of course. Well, I had a hard times when they were teenagers. My God, I didn't sleep for years because I had to wait for them to come from, uh, you know, uh, going to parties in Tel Aviv and coming late at night and not agreeing, no wake ups. It's called the same. It was always the same, but they learn through life to use uh, tools, how to have better life, because what I teach is tools. Really, my book is uh, guiding information, how to create our life practical. I have 19 exercises. Two of them are a barcode and two and some other small exercises. It's practical. So we know what to do. Small, every, almost all the exercises are at five minutes. I, w- and I, w- I are- wish we could promote the book, but it's in Hebrew. So I do want to say Hebrew. that's one of the reasons that on this podcast, yes. I wasn't noting the release of it because most people are not the Hebrew speakers. Yeah. And yet I know it will be out eventually. And we were going to talk a lot more about your other work that they can access your music and other other areas. And yet I want to come back to this idea that all of your life has been this journey that has transformed pain. Obviously, if you got a divorce that had its grief at the time, and then yeah. you've had this another partner that I know you wrote a lot of your music about. So um, yeah. how did you how did you come together with that partner that I know you've now lost? So I we, we did want to talk about that idea of transforming pain, which we call this episode, uh, because it's such a part of who we are in this stage of life that we all of us usually will encounter the loss of a partner and in different ways. Uh, it, it, it died in a in a minute in my hands and it was shocking the the two things happened uh, first i didn't realize that he really died it was four more days in the hospital but i was shocked and i felt very bad very bad uh for a whole year i think i really I, it was devastating there's no question about it and there was big love between us and he just disappeared in my opinion. And uh, I had to go through this with my life. And the first thing I did is I, I did mantras. I, the mantra, the way I see mantra is a, a sentence, a short sentence, positive, that you repeat about two minutes or a hundred times, and you have an image. You don't just say it because when, you, when we start to imagine then we start to feel. For example, I used to say, I'm okay. 
And then I started to see I'm standing there washing the dishes. I'm okay. I'm breathing. I'm okay. And I would see these images and I would think of my children at that time. They were in the army, both of them. And I would think of it and they're okay. And I was so happy. And, and I said, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And I repeat that many times, these kinds of mantras. And at one point I realized that I'm not lonely anymore because I am there. I am okay. It's me and I. There are two there. And that was such a pain relief. It was such an eye-opener. It was, it really blew my mind and it gave me so much comfort, just that repetition and that realization. And it really, in two minutes, we can transform our lives. Two minutes of the mantra, we can transform our lives and right after that, I did a workshop about that. And I went through writing songs. I wrote about my grief and my pain and my longing. Many, many, many songs. Some are good, some are better, some I never used. And some of them now are being, um, they have been composed by Uriel Weinberger, a very uh, talented composer in Israel, young composer. And I found uh, that I'm very lucky that we could get together and we recorded um, almost half of the album and the other half will be very soon ready. Here's the song Tammy Noah wrote, commemorating and remembering her partner, A Man Walks the Earth. on earth his eyes were blue but he was mostly blue when he left he shook the whole world but not his own how sad it is I thought not to see your blue eyes and merely feel the blues and merely feel the blues I met him one day it was a Tuesday afternoon he was alone in a crowd gazing at me So we could meet again I was certain I've decided to shake My world with laughter So I could make you happy He said So I could make us happy His blue eyes then smiled And our hearts And that, this writing got me the relief, the expression. So that was the second thing. First, I felt that I'm not alone because I have myself. It was an experience. It was not a thought. And then I 
wrote and I released some of the pain and it was again an experience. And then I realized that that death is really final. <laughs> There's no joke here. <laughs> and uh, I said, Tammy, life is very short. I mean, if you're not going to do what you've planned to do, forget it. Start moving. And then I started writing the book, Dancing with Life. I did it in the first version that I didn't think it was good enough. And I added now the stories and uh, made it more juicy and light. And in the middle of this years of writing the book, I stopped for a few years and I wrote a play with Karen Yadovsky. She's my partner. We wrote the play Eloima, which talks about my work. It has so Elohima means mother, mother, God. Elohim, people say in Hebrew, is, is God. And Ima is mother. So Elohima means the godly mother, right? Is that yes. kind of the translation Perfect. loosely? Yeah. Perfect, but okay. not loosely at all. <laughs> yeah. And we wanted to bring the knowledge and uh, we wanted to uh, bring the feminine energy of kindness and softness and acceptance and letting go of nonsense, not to... Not, not to go on the moody of a fighting and, you know, all this pain to release some of that. And really, the, it was not regular play. It's, a, it's a, a journey. It's a show that is a journey because the audience always go through an experience inside of them and they change things inside of them. And they, they came again and again to see the same play. Always they felt different things. And uh, that was another way of expressing and writing and then the song. So I started to roll. If you like this episode, you'll also love episode 21, Intuition, Kids and Heart Intelligence. And episode 34, Book of Life with Esther. Going back to creation, going back to perform, to sing, to act. And that in, in a process of moving more and more and more, starting with myself, finding that I'm not alone, expressing, releasing, crying, sobbing, not sleeping at night, feeling for the first time some kind of, uh, I don't know, fear or that was very deep. And, uh, I, and the art and doing and meeting with the regular life of raising my kids and, and working with my work to support myself. I did the art and that really helped me a lot. And uh, I must say that it is possible in the, the end of the day, as much as I loved him and love him, uh, I don't miss him. I feel good. I know he's in a good place. And I just moved on with my life. And my life is about my, myself. It doesn't mean I'm selfish. On the contrary, I take care of myself. And whatever life presents itself, I do my best to do the best to be happy. And that's all we can do each moment at a time. Absolutely. Oh, so and, you, and so that's what is this spiral of creation. In some ways, you just told your story into the work that you do that you call the spiral of creation because it's starting with yourself. And then the fact that you're now coming out and bringing so much more of your love and work and creation into the world sounds like... So would you help define the spiral of creation for me in some of your teaching? Because I feel like you just told that story on some level. Yeah. Uh, what I started with in the beginning, which is the triangle of creation that we have wanting, we go into action and we might have an obstacle. And if we don't, all is fine. But when we create big things, we will find their obstacles 
that are teachers that they will make us grow faster and bigger and higher and really reach our target. It's like climbing a wall. You pass the wall, you got to the next level, but we call it obstacles nevertheless. So these are, this is a triangle and each point of the triangle has three circles of the spiral of creation. All in all, the spiral of creation has nine circles. And these are all the things we need to create. Sometimes we have it naturally. In some creativity, we will have to work on it and find it. For example, first we want something, we have thoughts, we have emotions, we have um, trust in ourselves, we create twice, first time in our inner selves, then outer selves, we have obstacles, we have tools that are inherent in us, like uh, our qualities, we have, we take into consideration the time, and all of these nine things, nine spirals, we need to consider them when we go to create. Now, if we have a big creation, like I went to create the play, I had to consider all of them and to overcome many things. So I used the spiral of creation and all the exercises to move because there were many, many, many obstacles. Some people have more obstacles when they go to relationships. Some people have more obstacles with their health. And we, each one has its own challenges. And, but underneath all these challenges that are gifts, and that's what my work leads us to, because I focus on what we do have, not what we don't have, and we go to fix it. We don't need to fix what we don't have because we don't have it, so it's a waste of time. So I look at what I have and what you have and what the, my client has, and I say, let's see what we have. Let's use what we have, and it's plenty. And transform it into that simple ability to have kindness and love for ourselves and others. And it's the transformation piece that, that you've been talking about. That's the essence of it. Yeah. So I, I tend to not love the word fix because I don't, I think it's a very, you know, patriarchal word because it's like, I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. You know, we, 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 we're in, and in English, maybe it's different than in Hebrew, but I do try to get out of that language. That's been very linear in that way, but transforming things, which is what I feel from you. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, that is, we will kind of wind down now so that we want to be able to play your songs. And, and I do want to make sure that I've uh, covered anything else you would like to express. So why don't we, why don't we go there for a minute? Is there anything that you would want to make sure people know about you, not just how to reach you, but really something that's with you, that's, that you want to express at this stage of life, that you want to be the richest stage of life that we call this open nester stage. Your kids are raised. You're able to Maybe you're transforming your pain in new ways and you're looking at your life with so much more possibility. Yeah, I would say live with passion for something. Sometimes you want to create a play, but sometimes you want to volunteer. Sometimes you want to be with your grandkids, whatever, but have passion for something. Passion is the fuel in, our, in life. It moves us. It's like the gasoline in the car. And uh, look for something that can give you that joy and do it. Just be active. And at the same time, investigate your negative thoughts because they are there. 95% of our thoughts are, we are in the subconscious, so we don't know them. We need to look for them. We need to see what are negative thoughts and to question them, to investigate them. Even to, just to say, is it true? I cannot do it. Is it true? I, he doesn't love me. Is it true? Uh, I'm not good enough. Is it true? The mere fact that I ask this question, I stop that stream of thought that is automatic. 
If it's in the subconscious, I think can can a lot of people say, yes, it's true because they've told themselves that story for so long that they they answer back to themselves that it's true. I mean, isn't that a part of the issue that the, the, the negative thinking pattern that we all face? Yes, people do that in a pattern of negative and then they try to fix the negative. Like I said before, if it's negative, if it's shadow, then it doesn't exist. It's the lack of light. So I cannot fix what is not there. But I came to realize that every negative thought is a lie. Why? Because the negative thoughts tell us about the past, what happened to us, and we're afraid it will happen in the future, that what we have will be taken from us, and I'm afraid I'm not going to get what I want. But life takes place only in the present time. And the negative thoughts tell us about the past and about the future, meaning they don't even enter life. Therefore, all negative thoughts are a lie, period. Amen. Amen to this kind of, <laughs> kind of opening for people. And if people need to reach you, why don't you tell us how they wow. can do that? They, 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 you can enter my website. You can write me their questions. Uh, I have, you know, where you can contact me. Half of the website is in English, so you can read. Uh, I can do workshops on Zoom. We can have private consultation on Zoom. Uh, or you just want to solve something. You can enter my Facebook. It's Taminora. Uh, website is taminora.com. My story, I mean, the Instagram is Taminora Joy. It's basically when you click Taminora, you will get there. But the website will be the best way. You can um, contact me and write me a mail and I will answer in English. And it will be nice to collaborate the way you and I are doing this. And it's so exciting to to help the planet because we deserve to live a good life. We are good people and we have the strength. We have the wisdom of the heart. We have the imagination to create wonderful world. We just didn't enter deep enough. And I am here to help everything that concerns connecting to oneself, to our higher selves. So let's connect as people so we can uh, do a better uh, life for us and those who are around us. Mm-hmm. Thank you from that full heart message. And also the other songs, uh, a few have been released already. So you'll, you'll be able to find them on Spotify under Tommy Nora, T-A-M-I-N-O-R-A. And I am not a man. She has a beautiful piece about, about the fact that women can stand up in their, in their Judaism, which has been the, always very male oriented. And Tommy and I are actually discussing that Judaism, spirituality and sexuality. And we're opening discussions around that when I go to Israel to Tel Aviv this month. So it's very, very exciting for me to have Tommy on this on this episode with me and to thank you with a big toda, Mikola Lev. Oh, thank, like, thank you from all my heart. Yeah, really. And I would say also the songs are on the website. They, they can see it when they on the homepage right away. They can click and listen to the songs there. So it's wonderful. So again, we'll say shalom. Shalom, Lito. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Next week on the Open Nesters podcast with Jonathan Pellet. Is doing something that I never had the courage to do, nor did I have the permission, nor did I have the family situation that I could do it. My mom was sick and dying for much of my life. And so it was like, oh, it was so much guilt around that. And speaking your truth and I hate you. And, you know, you'd hear about these things and no, no, it was always like accommodating. And so somehow maybe there's pride in being able to, you know, help to co-create a child who can feel courageous enough 
to sort of do that. And, you know, God willing, the story ends in a better note because people are always prone to say, oh, she'll be back. You know, she'll be back. And the truth is, there's no guarantee, ladies and gentlemen. There's no guarantee. Great interview, Tessa. You've done a wonderful job extracting real, the essence of Tammy Nora. Thank you. I actually don't think that anybody can get to the her full essence. She has so much to offer. And I love this idea of looking at our, at questioning our lives in a way that helps us grow higher. And, Absolutely. And, and that really comes sometimes from those obstacles. I mean, really always comes from, it comes from this idea of opening up what seems to be in our way and to, to get to the next place and spiral to our best selves and reach higher. And investigating really uh, and questioning our negative thoughts. I mean, that is a process that we all are engaged in, and especially when we are in open nesters. You know, am I really going to work? Am I going to miss my kids when they're gone? What's going to happen here? Uh, you know, you start filling up your head with all kind of negative thoughts, and you know, she's she's really have a way to address them because she has to overcome severe pain, losing her partner, and trying to move on with her life while being a mother for two adult children. Well, negative thoughts, I think she's so looking at her life as, as the way to to transform her life and then others is basically our story. It's our story of, yeah. of what we want, how we want to hold our past and how we want to project into our future rather than being here right now. And that's that's the essence of the work that I love when people are doing it, that I really feel from her in a deep way. Yeah, I mean, negative thoughts are negative thoughts. I mean, she's she's she was able to bring the question of, are we often questioning our negative thoughts? And, you know, the fact that you're going to do some workshop with her in Israel, it's just, it's just absolutely fabulous. I'm really, really uh, looking forward to see how that pans out. Me too. And so I, I want to thank her again. And I hope you'll enjoy more of her music. You can go to Spotify for Tammy Nora, and I'll be listening too. Absolutely. And listen, if you're already on Spotify, already online, visit our website, theopennesters.com. That double N in the middle, S at the end. Please, uh, there's a listener survey. Let us know what you think. Let us know what other subject matter you like to hear about. And Tessa will tell you all about the Facebook group. Yes, our closed private Facebook group is a great place to discuss some of these issues and some of the things that, that have can maybe not be easy to talk about, that have may caused shame or any kind of discomfort. And we're building the community in a beautiful way, both online, and that's why we'd love you there. And if you want to just go to the Open Nester Facebook page or Instagram and, and really love to hear your, in, your insight as an Open Nester or wanting to dream of Open Nesting. Yeah, do that. And... Until next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you next time. Ciao.